Hey there, AfterBuzzers. You're watching the AfterBuzz TV After Show for Vinyl, Season 1, Episode 10, Alibi, also known as the finale. Join us this afternoon as we break down the episode and share our thoughts and predictions. Stay tuned. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, AfterBuzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. Awesome. Mm. Bringing us in with a little nasty bits. Ooh, shredding. This I love song it. was great. It was mm. real good. Yeah, I've got some thoughts <laughs> on the episode, but I loved this performance, and I love it was such a strong way to kind of finish our, at least for this season, finish mm. our experience with the nasty. Bits. I thought it was great. So obviously, we are super excited to talk about the season one finale with you guys right now. I'm Lauren Salon. You can find me everywhere online at Lauren Salon. I'm joined by my awesome panel of dudes over here. I am Steve Kaufman. You can find me on Twitter at Steve Kaufman. That is K A U F. M-A-N-N. So excited to talk about all this. And I am Jeff Graham. You guys can find me on Twitter at Jeffrey C. Graham. And then Instagram at Jeffrey Crane Graham. <laughs> Always with the Graham. Yes. We love it. And guys, be sure that you're subscribed to us on YouTube. YouTube.com slash AfterBuzzTV. You can also catch all of our weekly after shows, including this one and all the others that mm. we do and everyone else does, on iTunes and SoundCloud as well. Alrighty, so season one finale. Wrapped it up. What did you guys? What, let's sum up our feelings about the finale. Let's. What did you guys think? Um, it made everything real clean. Mm-hmm. Like it just tied everything up nice and nice and neat, but left enough for us to keep moving mm -hmm. forward. Like in typical Terrence Winter fashion, like right. in typical HBO drama fashion, where it's just like, okay, well that's tied together. We're gonna move forward now. Yeah. There's still plenty on the table. Right. Things I loved, as always, I love when this show focuses on the music. Um, really excited about the kind of uh, Yankovic, um, mm. Finestra division that was mm, introduced. I think yes. that is really interesting fodder for season two. In general, I'd say my least favorite running thread throughout the season was the mob stuff, which is interesting because that's kind of what Terrence Winter and Martin Scorsese are known for. Mm -hmm. But I think in retrospect, especially after this episode, and you call this early on, mm -hmm. It kind of felt like a way to engineer drama and tension that didn't necessarily yes. satisfy my narrative excitement. Mm. Well, and also, and I think we may have said this about the pilot that the the show scene, like the pilot, and then the show early on felt more about Richie Finestra mm -hmm. and like this broken, troubled man, and less about the music that's fueling him. Mm -hmm. Right. That like we're finally, I guess, laying groundwork where he can deal with that. Like. Mm -hmm. That it's, I don't know, it's straight, that like, part of me just want, part of me is interested to see what the show would look like if he wasn't this fractured man because he was, a, he witnessed a murder and right. was a part of a murder and got involved in mob ties and this and that. Like, if he was just this impassioned, this just impassioned dude, that, like this impassioned, newly impassioned record man. Mm -hmm. But I guess, I don't know. I enjoyed the show as it stood. Yeah, me too. But I have, I have been having that feeling where I was like, this... And although I've I've also known that this whole the Buck Rogers has always kind of been MacGuffin, mm -hmm. that it's a it's a means to get him so conflicted, and I enjoyed him this conflicted. But for a show that's about music, I was like, well, we got a lot of just dudes seeing people and right <laughs> doing I, drugs. And I agree with a lot of that. I felt like it. I was happy with the finale. I thought we were going to get a lot more craziness mm -hmm. for sure. I mean, we definitely had some crazy moments. I thought it was going to be like off the wall nutso. And yeah, it was kind of a conventional episode at yeah. the end of the day, which is interesting. And it, it definitely sets us up. You know, it's it's the kind of episode that you write very well knowing you're, you ha have a secured second season yeah. yes. coming up. You know, it wasn't like, I don't feel like we were left with any real big cliffhangers per se. I mean, they're definitely mm -hmm. unresolved questions and a lot of things got resolved as well. Yeah. But I, I felt like there could have been a little more punch to it. We weren't, I was yeah, expecting it wasn't like punch. a jaw-dropping final twist. Mm. But it did leave some interesting seeds planted for another season. Yes, so. definitely. So let's kind of dive in here. So it opens with Richie meeting with the FBI agents, pretty much. And that, I mean, that didn't really give us a whole lot, that initial meeting. I mean, it just kind of makes us a little nervous for Richie because he's like, oh, well, Galasso's killed for a lot less than mm -hmm. what you're, what's going on here. And obviously, they've still got the bug going on. Richie is 
um, you know, cooperating with them. And later when we've got the, when they have the meeting, um, you know, they talk about, Galasso talks about his, like, you know, chop shop and, like, mm-hmm. dump yard pretty much where bodies are. This is with the whole yeah. Zach thing. And so they've got that little nugget on him there. But we didn't, we still didn't see anything really come out of that. You know, nothing. Although I think that meeting and then the following meeting, it looks like his handler is kind of a, like a star effer guy, like mm-hmm. a starstruck guy mm-hmm. of like, so like just groupies. Yeah, right. Just, you just, you just, like, it looks like Richie's in a good place with this guy. And it looks like the chop shop was enough to keep them at bay for a pretty long time that I don't. We're talking about how we don't want the mob stuff, but season two is going to have to have mob stuff. Right. Because he's still in business with Colosso. Right. And he's still going to have to talk to Colosso and find out stuff. But the good thing is, hopefully the mob stuff will tie to music. Yeah. And that's what I think, part of my problem was with this whole narrative was it was, granted, Buck Rogers was a radio DJ, Mm -hmm. but like it didn't feel like it was directly tied to the stakes of maybe like payola or like licensing or like the Mm -hmm. actual label. Mm. So I think if we have that high stakes murder element, but it's like really directly tied into the stakes and the actual um, like underpinnings of American Century, I'll be way more into it, I think. Mm -hmm. It's also worth noting that the, I believe the actor who plays Mari Gold is, has like fairly top billing on this show, Hmm. but like is hardly used. That I feel like that's what we're moving towards with season two. That Mari Gold is going to try to do a bunch of mob stuff to promote everything, whereas everybody else is going to try to play it straight, and then hmm. that's, and that'll get us to the music, right? And I'm okay with that. Well, and the other thing I liked, at least when this show was handling the mob stuff, it did it in a way that kind of felt fresh. Yes. Because like it was funny to see like Yankovic, for example, try to deal with. It sort of felt like a little bit of fish out of water because mm-hmm. that can feel so tired, the kind of New York gangstery. Yeah. But throwing these record execs into that situation did sometimes play for laughs, which mm. I thought was smart mm-hmm. on a, from a writing perspective. And yeah. Yeah. Well, there were well written mob guys, too. Right. Definitely. Which is always nice. And, and I mean, the whole time they're trying to kind of interject them themselves into the music situation. So for that, I was very, very pleased when. Um, Corso <laughs> got his, you know, one one less guy who knows pretty much nothing about music to out, out of the picture. Yeah. yeah. Um, so let's kind of talk about that situation and kind of leading leading up to that. So when Zach Zach obviously is there's been tension with mm-hmm. Richie the entire time. You know, we it's been building and then come to a head a few times, but then new drama happens. So we keep having these kind of headbutting moments between these two guys and. Uh, and so he goes to basically like tattle on him to Galasso, which is so ridiculous. First of all, I well, mean, it's ridiculously not street smart. No, um, like inc- it's incredibly like I'm I'm gonna come to you as a businessman, and it's naive. Like, he's not. That's not the kind of business he does. Mm-hmm. No. And he made it very clear throughout the entire episode that's like, I do not care. Yeah, I don't care what you guys are doing on that front. Don't don't mess up my situation and right. you yeah. know. I, I think Richie's quote was, Are you from Des Moines or are from y- New York? Yeah, yeah, you're from Queens, right? Yeah. You not Des Moines. You should know how to do you, this. Have you sort ever of thing. dealt with a loan shark? Like they don't they don't give you money because they think you're good. You're a financially solvent business. That's a bank. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they give you money because they know, come hell or high water, you're good for that money yeah. to them. Exactly. Exactly. So, I mean, so that, that you knew wasn't going in a good place. And honestly, when Zach was in the elevator with that guy with the dog poop on his shoe, I thought that... You, I mean, you know something is going to happen, like yeah. something stressful. And I was so stressed, and, and I w- was watching it and saying, no, no, no. I thought that guy was like a hitman, like that he was going to take Zach out in the elevator mm. or something. Like, I was so nervous. And then they shut the blinds when he goes into Richie's office. I'm like, they're going to kill Zach. They're going to kill Zach. <laughs> no, what's happening? I was really, did you guys, I felt how, that. were you nervous? I was nervous for Zach at the initial meeting. Mm-hmm. Like the initial, okay. he met with Colazzo. Colasso and talked to talked to him about it and like pretty much was completely out of line in a way that Colasso would not have respected that I was expecting part of me I was expecting the unexpected which is mm-hmm. what I try to do at shows like this where I was like he's just gonna kill him in the room right now yeah so that once he left the room I was like 
pretty sure he's not gonna die. Like, I'm pretty sure Colossus is not gonna kill him. Because Colossus yeah. would have killed him and it would have made that, like, he's not a thinker on these things. Where it's like, right. no, I don't want to do business with this guy anymore. I'm gonna kill him. Mm-hmm. My most nervous Zach moment was after, you know, he had been dealing with all this stuff and he's talking to his new kind of protege client. Mm. And he walks into his office and shuts the blinds and takes out a bottle of vodka and takes out some pills. Actually, I did feel that too. I was like, this might be it. Because this isn't the, this wasn't the first time we've seen Zach try to kill himself. Not That's at all. Right. So I th- I thought what... An, I would have been sad to watch Ray Romano go, but it would have been a pretty compelling way for Zach to go, to watch him kill himself in that office. That was a really like somber yeah. scene, and they held on him for a long for time. A bit. I think in, in a rewrite where he kills himself, it would have been after the Corso. It would have been after the Corso meeting where right. he realizes that it's like, nope, Richie, Richie is a mismanaged, terrible human being, <laughs> and you're stuck with him. Yeah. Then I think that would have been the no way out of, but I did I did have that feeling of like no I think this, he might just kill himself here right, or yeah. I think he toys with the idea that he can kill himself or that he might that he it definitely crosses his mind. Yeah. I sort of wondered if after well maybe we should wait to get let's I'll keep it on you Lauren and I'll bring it up later but oh yeah okay yeah yeah mm. yeah so and then like obviously more nervousness when they're going to to that meeting like in you know under some overpass or wherever the heck they were and um you know we've got the nice kind of parallel with the dog poop on the curb situation <laughs> you know those those cute little cute little tie-ins there but but it, it's funny because i didn't i almost didn't think at that point i was nervous then also and then when they got to the meeting i'm like oh well that's right we see somebody we know someone's going to get shot here or a gun goes mm. off something is happening but once they got there i didn't really think that zach was going to get like i felt safe about our our characters mm-hmm. i felt safe about i felt safe about zach in that scene because richie richie's a like richie is a bit of a social engineer of this situation mm-hmm. not complete like i think a lot of it was just by happenstance that he's like i know if they meet in my office that i can that he might say something and that might like set everything in motion yes. but i and I think also his job is to get Colasso in his office as much as possible. That that, mm-hmm. and then a really, and in that room he just found a way to orchestrate just perfectly. That it's like, no, I think if I accuse the room and everyone in the room, Corso is gonna open his mouth because Corso just opens his mouth. Yeah. And then he's gonna he's gonna show that Corso is not the person you do business with. Exactly. Exactly. And we eliminated him from. From yeah. the picture, which was really nice. He was so annoying. Yeah. And obviously, like, you know, the the episode's called Alibi, and we've had these kind of double meanings all throughout mm-hmm. the, the season. So, you, obviously, we've got the alibi for the record label, duh, and then alibi situation. Not that Corso, I mean, Corso is his alibi because he was the only other person there, and that is eliminated from the equation. So, Richie can kind of now turn it I mean he can't completely turn it on him because the feds kind of well, have, no, have the pieces put together but you know if if the other guy who was there is dead it's a lot easier to um, you know well, twist because, things around and what it was is Corso was always an explosive situation because yeah. Corso could always if he doesn't like Richie flip and start telling people stuff exactly right. whereas now he can't yep so now and it seems like the detectives that were on Richie about the murder seemed happy with getting that chop shop Oh yeah. That I don't. I don't think anyone's. They're really kind of over the murder now. They, yeah. they never, They're like whatever. We're out for Colosso now. Well, to so be fair, they cool. were never actually after the murder. No. They were after Colosso and organized crime, but they got in a level that the FBI was involved. So now they're on other stuff. Yeah. That Richie Richie's pretty much dealing with the one guy. It looks like he can deal with. Mm-hmm. And then that's going to be his thing that he can give. He can give little things that other. He can give little things. In drips in a way that it'll look like other people did it and he just has to like and maybe he'll deal with that burden mm-hmm. that like other people are gonna die because he conceals being a rat mm-hmm. mm. but I'm okay with that if we if he does that like once every three episodes and otherwise it's just him managing the nasty bits and bands like the nasty bits right definitely exactly all right so should we 
where I don't know, Jeff, what you were wanting oh, to say. It has to do Should with, we move on to something it else? It has or? to do with the last scene. <laughs> okay. So I don't know. If, I mean, we're talking characters. So I was just thinking it would have been a really interesting move. I kind of wondered throughout this whole episode if Zach was going to kill himself. Just because mm. that mm. seed had been planted once. And we, I thought, what if, obviously, this the finale ends with a stare-off between Yankovic and Finestra. Mm-hmm. I thought, what if that's the one Yankovic leads and that's when he does it? What if that's the last image we're left with? Obviously, it wasn't. Right. Mm. But I kind of thought when you were talking about times that that might have actually happened, I thought maybe this is the very last thing we'll see is Yankovic, like, poised on the side Uh, of a building or something. I don't know. Although Yankovic's character is best when he has to accept a terrible bed that he has to lie in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Similar with Skip. Right. Skip, but yeah. Skip is way more accepting. Like, Skip is way more accepting and he stays out of Richie's way. Right. Whereas... Right. whereas He's just like, F it. Now we have to deal with this. Whereas, yeah. Whereas, like, Zach keeps, takes like... Takes it very... Keeps struggling and trying. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, Skip accepts that, like, nope, I work for Richie. Richie's crazy. He's drug-addled. He's tortured. He wants to just pick up this random band off the street and make them stars. Right. I chose to be with Richie, therefore my path is to support Richie. Mm-hmm. Whereas Zach is constantly, constantly, bring, you know, trying to buck the system. Mm-hmm. Nah, buck the nah. system. <laughs> nah, I did that, Roger. <laughs> okay, all right, just end it, kill it. <laughs> it's done. <laughs> it's over. Okay, all right. So our other, our other kind of things going on. So we've got Clark, just like a tiny bit of Clark, which I loved little Clark in this moment, and it was so silly that scene with like the the choreography, I guess, with Clark and Jorge. So mm-hmm. in early in the episode, we see like the club, like people it's popping like yeah people are dancing loving the music and i believe it's still indigo yeah, you know still who the they indigo. yeah and so stuff's looking good for little clark and back at the office later so skip scott i believe is his name scott is his and, name yes and julie are talking about they're like what the heck indigo is charting like what is this and we dropped them like holy crap, like, mm. we, we screwed ourselves there, you know, shot us, ourselves in the foot, like, all this stuff, and they, you know, and and I like how Clark, like, pokes his head through the little window yeah. of the mailroom. He's like, well, actually, like, look at, the, like, drops the letter down to them, and they, it's the letter that they, would have been, like, hey, we're dropping you guys from our label. Oh, mysteriously didn't get sent. Clark's like, yeah, I didn't send that, blah, 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 because mm. me and Jorge have been pushing the album like we did this sort of thing and then they're like who's Jorge he like pushes up in the <laughs> little window it's so adorable um but but this was awesome because we finally I mean it was such like a a simple reward I feel mm. like you know finally getting Clark to get get that moment mm-hmm. and like he's he's feeling back on top of things and he pulled this off and the big guys know yeah. it now and recognize that and and I think we'll see obviously we'll see Clark kind of take more, take on more responsibility and move out of the mailroom. I'm sure next season, but I think Jorge's got some future yeah. with us too. And hopefully this. not, hopefully not just as like they always leave it there that him and Clark can have contention, just because essentially, essentially they were a team that they were both necessary to pull this off. Right. I also, I think my prediction last week was dead wrong that they were. That they were gonna let Indigo be dropped, and then they were just gonna take them on themselves. Oh mm-hmm. right, right. Were they ever too busy working within the system? I was with you too, though, Steve. That was yeah, my like, prediction. Ah, uh, those idiots. Now they're now they're stuck on a, on this on this alibi train. Yeah, hundred thousand dollar corso loan. Right. If we're looking at competing interests, though, I think what we need to think about is if um, a Zach Richie competing. Oh yeah. I think that's gonna be where we see old friendships dissolve, and mm. you know, I think. Oh, I think it's. It's happened, and I think that's... It's already happened, yeah. That's pretty much going to be the focal point of the next season. I think I, so, too. I would assume. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I'm excited about, because I really... Yeah. I love Ray Romano, and I love him in that role, so... It, I think it, it... We'll get there, but I'm mm-hmm. really excited for it. Yeah. Well, yeah. let's talk talk a little bit about about Zach, and a little bit more in his situation, kind of with Gary, or Xavier, mm-hmm. if you will. And it was, this episode was sad to me, this whole transition, you know, because Zach, last week we saw him really kind of get that spark back, you know, because he's been kind of like shit on all season Mm. by Richie and like just obviously with the whole deal falling through that set all this crap in motion for him and... (laughs) 
literally shit on. I, I <laughs> remember realizing, like, getting <laughs> multiple multiple dog poop situations for him this week. Um, but but he, you know, finally got that kind of that fire and that passion back for it with signing Gary slash Xavier, and has been super excited about that and about the possibilities of doing more A and R stuff, and then. This week, you know, he's still excited about that and be like, well, maybe I'll run A&R when he's talking to Scott about things. Yeah. And and then and he and he's indulging Xavier's yeah. like ex- well, eccentricities and all that. Thought, this was back when he thought American Century was going to run like a regular business, mm-hmm. like a legitimate non-mafia funded business right. <laughs> that he thought he can out he can oust Richie. He can oust Richie and Colossal just have his hands up about it. So he thought, like, oh, yeah, this will be great. Like, I have control over all these artists. I'll run A&R. It'll be perfect. That th- that's not how it went down. No, and he was just so disheartened and, like, you know, short with with Xavier when they get back. Like, what? no, I'm not bu- paying for you to have an apartment. Get a mm. job, you, like, you know, you little dreamer. Ugh. And, mm. and yeah, so it was just sad because I was really hoping, like, you know, Zach's going to, like, just, like, find his his groove and, like, feel awesome about stuff. But I think one of the things also we need to know about, like, the people who are writing and creating and running this show, like, the characters are going to be pretty tragic, you yeah, know? Right. We're not having, like, big heroic, like, wins for our, our main characters, really, yeah, no, like, you know? It's like the Clark moments and things mm-hmm. like that that are going to keep us happy and little yeah. things along the way. But ultimately, I feel like we need to be prepared for... <laughs> Darkness. Well, and I think yeah. there's going to be a lot of darkness with this Zach character because it it looks like they're just gonna like there's pretty much going to be a carrot and a stick in front of him and he's never going to get mm-hmm. it. Little like nibbles here and there, like he, like he's a little never, little three way every once in a while, you know. Yeah, like a little three way, but then you'll lose ninety thousand dollars <laughs> yeah. and think we you do lost have a great $90, comment in the chat roll. The most recent I, comment, I, oh, I love it. Yeah, I see it too. Is that Adam? Adam N. N. Yes. Adam N. Says everybody abuses Raymond. Love it. That's love true. It. Yeah, and thanks all y'all in there who are chatting. Philip Barama, Adam N. Good girl gamer, Alexander. All you guys, thanks, thanks for watching and Ooh. talking with us. People. Yes. People. All right. So, so yeah, sadness for Zach mm. and the stare down at the end. But Oof. exciting potential to see even more character acting from Ray Romano. Like, oh, yes. if we do push him into really dark places next season, mm. um, it's just, it's been really fun, I think, to see Raymond, Roma- Raymond Romano yes. do <laughs> this kind of work. Because it's just pretty new for us. Yeah, it's just... I've been on his train all season, mm. and I will continue to be in the next season as well. So I'm really hoping we I have a run-in with him again at hiking. Yes. Mm. A I'll, run-in I'll, at Runyon. Oh, it wasn't Runyon. Oh, it wasn't Get out of here. I Leave. Know. Bye, everyone. Bad pun. <laughs> all right. No, because I'll, like, you know, this time I won't be like, wait, was that Ray Romano? I'll be like, hey, great <laughs> job. Come on our show. show. And then he'll probably say no, but it'll still... I'll. I'll make the know, effort. He strikes me as the kind of guy who'd say yes if You're you like, actually yeah, if you actually got a hold of him. Like, okay, he right. strikes me as the kind of guy who's really hard to get a hold of. Yeah, right, a well, lot of he, a lot of stars like I'm that. Just gonna have to hike more. Yeah, <laughs> just, just hope, hope to, I run into him again. Just have to stalk Ray Romano. Okay, done. I mean, I'm just kidding. I'm not gonna stalk Ray Romano. What are you talking about? <laughs> um, okay, so great stuff with Zach. I agree, Jeff. I think we're gonna see some really cool stuff with with his character next season for sure. So let's talk a little bit about the nasty bits. I think that's kind of our biggest yeah. thing that we haven't haven't talked about so far. So obviously we're coming off of speaking of three ways, coming off of a three way <laughs> with Jamie and the two boys, and they're practicing, arguing over a song, and Jamie kind of steps in, tells them to like, hey, hey, take five dudes, and yeah. this doesn't really go over well. She's like. And it would be such a tricky situation. I mean, obviously, I think we most of us agreed with Andy last week of being like, are you freaking serious, girl? Like, what are you doing? This is not the way to do it. And we're just seeing how messy that right. can be. To be fair, it wasn't messy until she slept with more than one band member. This is true. And like, and to be fair, the, the first band member, Skip, he... No, Kip, sorry. Kip. No. Um, mm-hmm. Kip... Kip caught feels, and he was just unable to tell her that he caught the feels. Yeah. That's all it was. Like, that's a basic thing that happens to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, I have a crush on this girl. Let's have a three-way with my bandmate. Wait, what? Well, it's Bad like idea. A, well, because it's like, a, I don't... 
No, I'm, I'm a, not that into her. I'm this a rock star. I'm sex. not even that into her. I can like totally share her with my bandmate, and that won't be weird or awkward yeah. at all. And it was, it totally was, and it was just this huge contentious thing that's probably gonna be a part of them forever. I kind of wish we could have seen more of the emotional grounding between Kip and Jamie, because, I mean, obviously Kip has very deep feelings for her, mm -hmm. mm. and I'm kind of like, why? I mean, like, right. it could just be that he has a big heart, and, like, you know, he had sex with her, and but I just think from a character perspective, I'm, like, we didn't really see a ton of their relationship no. besides, sh like, sharing a place, and I don't feel like we really got to know Kip that well this season. No, I, I agree with that, and and we have, I mean, obviously they've been close and spending a lot of time together since day one, right. pretty much. And she so made them. I mean, and, like, she mm -hmm. did kind of save their band. Yeah, so. right. And we had that moment with them, you know, when she gets kicked out and they have that moment, she breaks down and, like, it was very, you know, a tender moment between them. But I agree, like, we didn't see much more of that connection aside from that kind of kitchen scene that we had. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Um, so we could have, I think, done with a little bit more of that, you know, to... To justify, I don't know if no, you really need to no, justify I, it. It kind of felt like a 180 to me. I was like, oh, like Kip has a very, very deep emotional connection with Jamie. No, that felt strong the whole way. You thought so? Yeah. The two of them felt like they had a strong emotional connection. Mm -hmm. And it, I think he was trying to like live up to the persona that everyone Be everywhere. a rock star. Yeah, right. Like, whereas like most rock stars I know have a persona mm -hmm. and don't, and don't actually live up to it in real life. Right. right. Like, while they're Their on stage tour... Stage presence. Yeah, like, while yeah. they're on tour, they have to keep up that persona and definitely keep up that stage presence. But, like, they still need to keep a grounded, regular life. Right. To be able to contend with what being in the spotlight is. Yeah. And I think we'll get to see him do deal with that. Yeah, <laughs> which would be exciting, because I think he's great, that mm. actor. And, like, yeah. I... Um, yeah, I'd like to get to know Kit better. I just don't necessarily feel like we've... He's kind of been acting out what a rock star is, which has been maybe preventing us from really getting inside. Well, well not to mention his drug use has been from pretty much frame one with him. Right. Mm -hmm. So that we don't... There's something there that... There's something there that leads him to want to do heroin. Mm -hmm. And maybe it's the idea that he's drawn to being a rock star because he doesn't like who he is internally. Yeah. And then like that, he'll have to deal with that at some point. Right. And not the way Richie's pitching it, which is like, you can have all the girls. Right. <laughs> Whereas, like, that's that'll just, like, accentuate your emptiness. Yeah. Yeah. Which sounds fun for, like, three weeks. Right. And then... <laughs> and then you want something real. Then you'll have to do, like, the work in therapy and <laughs> detoxing and stuff. Right. Right. And so, obviously, we have the big, like, breaking point with him ODing and all that stuff. Um, and Richie saves the day there with he came in and pulled like a very like pulp fiction moment mm -hmm. i feel like i was like wait is he going to is this like a to the heart thing we're going to see but he mm. shot him up with cocaine yeah I, which is i mean i don't i don't know how you say because he wasn't ODing, hold but, on, well, he wasn't <laughs> come on Lauren, he wasn't ODing <laughs> on heroin it's just that heroin is one of those in your head lay around drugs oh right right he was just that was, that it was gone. an upper with it heroin's essentially he was kind ODing? of a down, i thought he I, I thought he was like so bad that he was. Or I thought he was, it was just like, somebody so can correct me if I'm wrong. I thought it was just he was so far gone on heroin that he was like lay on the couch and just do this, gone on heroin. Oh, okay, I kind of got the impression there were like medical stakes and like I, there were. I yeah. just don't think like if it were an OD, a shot of coke wouldn't do it. Yeah, that it wasn't quite. This show reveals that I know a lot about drugs. <laughs> <laughs> Should we be concerned? No, but... <laughs> He's like, normally, if you Let shoot just cocaine put on into your veins... <laughs> a lot of hats. Speaking yeah. of medical oh. situations, I <gasps> yes. would love tell to quickly tell you guys about a very, very exciting new show coming out on CW right now. Um, it looks awesome. It's called Containment, and it premieres tomorrow on the CW. It's taking iZombie slot. And here's what you got to know about Containment. Containment is about the greatest enemy, the enemy that comes from within. From the co-creator of Vampire Diaries, Julie Pleck, and Emmy Award-winning Emmy Award director of Game of Thrones comes the riveting outbreak thriller, Containment. When a mysterious and deadly epidemic breaks out in Atlanta, a massive urban quarantine is quickly enforced. 
Walking Dead fans, Atlanta is their connection. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, loved ones will be torn apart, and those on both sides of the fence will be put to the ultimate test of survival. Not just fighting disease, but fear, isolation, and the unknown. Oh but is this virus an act of Mother Nature, terrorism, or something far more sinister? The truth will not be contained. Secrets begin to unravel, society begins to crumble, but unlikely heroes will rise. Ordinary people will defy the most extraordinary odds. So don't miss the utterly terrifying yet highly anticipated new series containment. This must-see limited limited series event premieres Tuesday, April 19th. Catch it only on CW tomorrow. I'll be tuning in. I will too. CW is... Doing a lot of cool stuff. They really are. Like the network yeah. is, yeah, like it's, it's the network of Arrow and Flash and yeah. Legends of Tomorrow. Like they, I love Crazy Ex Girlfriend. Crazy Ex Girlfriend. Mm-hmm. I also like that show. It kind of has become like a critical darling in the last five years. A little bit. When, like, um, I like CW. I do too, and I think this show is going to continue that tradition of very high quality, well produced, well written shows. So tune in, guys. Pew, pew. Awesome. Yeah. That sounds very exciting and intense. I was looking up things about speedballing, which I guess is what it's called when you do a downer <laughs> and, an, and an upper. That's the term. I don't know the term. Oh, okay. I, there's too much here for me to be able to really share uh, intelligently thought, about it, but... I would have thought that speedballing is like some kind of like fun arena game you play with your office mates, like Whirly Ball or Yeah, like that's, that's the other thing we were thinking of. Whirly Ball, like a <laughs> ski ball? Ski balling, speed balling. That's what yeah. I would have that shows okay. how experienced I am with substance abuse, everyone. That being not at all. Got all it. right. Well, so anyway, he, he basically does that so that brings brings Kit back to life. Yeah, reminded me a ton, a lot about um, of Pulp Fiction. That also reminded me a lot of, if anyone's seen Pink Floyd's The Wall, the entire song Comfortably Numb, the character of Pink is essentially the the exact same thing where a record Mm. man just like gives him a shot and just kind of, he transforms into just this monster on stage. Hmm. Yeah, and so, I mean, it it obviously worked to get him back, mm. back on his feet and then literally has to go out onto stage like right then. And... They so the entire crowd. I mean, this is for the dolls show, and the entire crowd's like, "No, we don't want these nobodies. Mm. Like, give us what we came for." And they're booing all this stuff. They start playing their song, which we played there in the beginning. Has and anyone, real quick, has anyone been a part of a crowd that didn't like an opening act? Not that intensely. I, I feel like every concert, though, no one's really excited about the opening act. Pretty much. But, yeah. I um. I'm from Philadelphia, and we're not known for being the best of crowds. <laughs> <laughs> and I was at the Electric Factory, shout out the Electric Factory, and we were, I think it was Korn. Corn uh-huh. was the headliner, okay. and then the opening act was this weird rap rock group that everybody by the second song hated so much that they turned their backs completely. Whoa. To the, like, and one of them threw, like, somebody threw their shoes <gasps> at the band, which I only assumed they had a bag with more shoes. Because that would be hilarious. weird. Because you have to mosh in a corn concert after this band, wow. and now you don't have your shoes. That's unfortunate. But it's, like, really bad, where people will go, like, I've never once, I've never before seen a Philadelphia crowd go beyond, like, we're going to boo you because we dislike you. To like we're literally unifying oh, and turning around. We completely. are literally you are not worth our energy and turn around and wow. they played to silence. So I I mean I don't have an experience like that, but I have a kind of a similar one. So Coachella just happened, mm. and I went to Coachella a few years ago when Outcast performed. Nice, mm. and um, I think it was Andre three thousand, not. Big, I think it was Andre. I, I totally forget, but they came out, and I love Outkast. Mm. I think oh, they're, yeah. I mean, they're one of the best, like hip-hop. you know, hip hop. Yeah, one of the groups. groups. Yeah. yeah, solid. And they like did not want to be there. Oh, you could really? tell they didn't want to be there. Their main stage, like main night situation, like so everyone's there to see them. Didn't want to be there. Like Andre was saying some stuff that like. Oh, I totally forget now. Dang it! And he was he was making some comments about like, oh, what like you guys are gonna like maybe clap a little bit louder or something <laughs> like that. Ooh. Like just like trash talking the crowd. And at one point, he turned his back on the audience wow. and started singing. It was so awful. And then I heard like the next weekend they like picked it up and it was of so co- much better. But the first weekend it was like. They clearly don't want to be here. They're being—he's being a dick to the audience, 
The audience wasn't booing him, and he freaking he turned turned around. You know how that <laughs> happened? I bet Andre really liked someone and decided to have a three way with Big Boy, and then there were ten, <laughs> there was tension. <laughs> these this is these are just thoughts and ideas. I don't no know where I got that, that idea. There's no but... truth to that. <laughs> you know. Hey yeah. Anyway, so hey, that, yeah. that's how I yeah <laughs> hey yeah shake it. Um, anyway, uh, that, that's my experience. I but I've never had like been to an opening act that was like so bad that people had like an actual aggressive or like, very passive aggressive reaction to you guys go for it so i don't know if you two knew this but i used to be a cruise ship vocalist i used to sing and perform oh, yeah. we know this now yeah. i do in a quartet and um we were like well liked on the ship but we were more of like a lounge act but mm. occasionally we did put a show together that we put on the main stage but we weren't like the featured guest entertainer act and they had us open for um this like tour of american idol winners which was really cool for all the crowd. Mm -hmm. um, but the cruise director, like our boss, the entertainment director, mm -hmm. decided to um, like have us open and sing a five-song set, but like not dim the lights. <laughs> so like during the 10-minute part where people are filing into yeah. the theater, like mic us, and like it was just the dumbest, worst call ever to make, because like some people felt obliged to listen, but then they couldn't hear because the people next to them were talking because yeah. the lights were on and like because it was still socially acceptable right. to like sit and talk to the person next to you. Right. But a quartet isn't necessarily the kind of act like a pianist by himself. Exactly. It's not like we were like, ambient. Yeah. Like we were like had lights on us, but the house <laughs> lights were on. It was just terrible. So I've experienced the situation where you're like an undesired opening act, and it's not fun. I can yeah. tell you that. Oh, and I mean. Because the openers, like, that's, like, usually a big deal to be an opening act for someone big. So right. just, you like, get to, be nice to them. You get to be exposed. You just, but you have to fit. Sometimes yeah, you they don't have fit. To, whoever's setting up that show and that tour needs to know, like, okay, these aren't, these are complimentary enough to mm. where our audience is going to like, like you sort of yeah. thing. But, any, anywho. I mean, I think the nasty bits are very complimentary the New, to the New York Dolls. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Then I think that. I also don't think there's anything that objectionable in that song. It's so funny. Yeah, they got arrested the on obscenity charges. But honestly, they were like, what, 10 seconds into the song? Or well, if Richie, that? Richie called the police. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's duh. absolutely yeah, yeah, yeah. guaranteed that Richie called the police. You think so, for real? Oh, that's what I think, yeah. He literally said, I have to go make a phone call. Oh, well, and then, yeah. like, Damn and it. then, it's okay. Because it was kind of still underplayed, but. I th I think it was like yeah he did it. He, there Richie was, a was like on play. fire this week, yeah. Yeah. episode. Yeah, he was yeah. on fire. He so, I mean he's been such a crapshoot the most of the season, but mm. this week he was like basically did everything right. Apparently Richie needs to go on a bender half the season. Yeah, and then the other half the season he has it Perfect together. Mental clarity. <laughs> no, yeah he was he was because that was such a smart move. I mean yeah. keeps like out of his mind for one. You know just like right. mm -hmm. dead off heroin basically, and now is like. Speedballing, apparently. And, and I enjoyed, there was a little subtlety to this whole sequence that mm -hmm. the cops come in and arrest them for obscenity, which happened a lot in the 70s. To not so just, funny. not just music actors, there were a lot of famous comedians who were arrested for obscenity at that time, some of whom egged it on, which isn't necessarily like um, Lenny Bruce would egg that on a lot, and it mm -hmm. was always like his career's kind of gone down as someone who had some artistic integrity and like place and mm -hmm. then at some point he just kind of lost it and was just like nope hmm. I'm Lenny Bruce I'm gonna come out and say the F word and they're gonna arrest me wow. yeah um mm -hmm. but there was a subtlety here when Lester saw them punch Kip and then he looked over and like the band that he manages mm -hmm. is in a bad way and having a bad time and then he looks out to the crowd and the crowd's having a bad time because they're watching people getting arrested for obscenity and then he looks to the actual record label and they're all cheering and laughing yeah. and having a great time. That like this is perfect. It's an it's amazing press. Yep. It's everything. And I think he had that feeling of like you're just like your puppet masters, your manipulators mm, right. of artists. And that's why I didn't want to deal with you. And I think mm -hmm. he had that reaffirming of like when yeah, he well, like when he saw Murray Gold two weeks ago, where he was like, I don't want to deal with you ever again. Right. And when and when Kip does get hit in the face, like there's real concern right. on Lester's face. You know, it's like, oh, like these are my boys. Like, you know, yeah, you punch him in his face and he falls wrong. He breaks his neck. He never walks. Yeah. Right. Like that's and it happened. And here's what's crazy and dark. It happened to Lester and yep. Lester can't sing again. Mm -hmm. So, like, of course, he's concerned. He's like, look, you're going to do the same thing to Kip. Mm -hmm. What happened to me and destroy his career. And here's what I loved about this. 
One of the problems I've kind of even I love the show, but one of the problems I've kind of had with Richie is like, what do I grab onto? This is an example of Richie pulling a dark, kind of potentially assholey move. Yeah. That's massively successful and brilliant. And he kind of so it's like even when even when we get to explore Richie's kind of dark, maybe not admirable sides, if it's showing a level of genius and brilliance, it excites me as a viewer. I'm like, oh, like yeah. I get it. Like he's it's kind of Don Drapery. Mm-hmm. You're like Drapery. That's kind yeah, of yeah. Well, you can relate to Don Draper or Tony Soprano <laughs> right. or Richie Finestra and not like them. Exactly. And yeah, that's yeah. what I, that's the anti-hero that's acceptable on television now. For sure. And I mm-hmm. it was nice to see him just follow his intuition and nail it. I really like that, and because you know he made a deal with Lester to use that song, mm-hmm. and then totally perverted the song, but his intuition was right. Mm-hmm. So that right. was really interesting to me, and really excited me for next season. Yeah, yeah. definitely. I know somebody who was it in here. Oh, Adam says, did Lester's original version of the song say the F word five times per chorus? <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> but probably would now. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Um, and that actually, let's talk about the situation with Lester. And he, you know, I think he's a little still definitely out for the integrity of the artist and mm-hmm. the music, which I think, I, I do think Richie is too, mm-hmm. but so much more business minded, obviously. You know, he, he wants to prevent his, his label from going completely and he's under. In, he's in, um, he's in at all costs kind of a person. Right. And about all, Kip gets punched in the face. Or I have to like hide, I have to speedball him, or like any of that sounded really bad. But <laughs> if I have to inject coke in him while he already <laughs> while he's already on heroin, um, but he's like in a like the ends will always justify the means with him. Right. Yes. So well, that's always something that we can come back to of just like ah you I don't like that like you he Kip became a pawn mm-hmm. in your plan to make the to elevate the band and even if Kip's okay with it now. He shouldn't be like he shouldn't be okay with just oh you what if the police just beat the hell out of me right what if I get beat the like what if I got what if I get beat the hell in jail mm-hmm. yeah what you can almost make the argument though that like radical rabble rousing is a component of punk rock music yeah like it almost is the music a little bit yeah oh, definitely sure. and that's what Richie was going for but right. it's manuf- like it's manufactured rabble rousing yeah which I think is something Kip would hate yeah you're right. Kip would hate, hate above all else. Does Kip know that Richie called the cops? I don't think anybody's I, officially going to know. Yeah. It would be interesting if that so. came I think out. everyone at the label, it's kind of a tongue-in-cheek thing, because yeah. there was even a, like, who would have called the cops? And then just, they made that look to Richie. Right. Where it's like, mm-hmm. I think everybody kind of knows. Yeah. Interesting. And those who don't know, I think, were just happy it happened. Right. Because it's like, oh, this is the best thing that could happen to them. Mm-hmm. Right. Cool. If only it were real. Yeah, but, yeah, but way to, like... <laughs> You know, have kind of your debut show, you know, yeah. pack a good punch. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, I had to, you guys. That was great. You did it first. I had to. It, like, hurt saying it. <laughs> um, anyway, so so with Lester, so when Richie visits Lester before, you know, to get approval to mm. do the song, and he has that talk with, with Maury, you know, they need because they never recorded it and they don't have ownership of the master you know they have to get permission from from lester to to use it right. and i'm i'm happy that lester doubled what richie was offering mm-hmm. you know and and then some and and i don't know that he's necessarily i think he's business savvy but i think he's also at this point like he knows that he can kind of Whatever Richie is going to bring to him, he can he sh- can and should try and squeeze out yeah. a little bit more. Yeah. So happy with that for sure. And I know there was some hesitation or you know confusion over whether or not he was still in the picture mm. um, earlier in the episode. But I think we'll see him. I think we'll see that relationship even tighten up more between Lester and the band um, in in next season. But but I like that I, though. I think that rift, like like you guys were saying, with the whole with you know the the PR stunt side of it. I mm-hmm. think Lester will kind of be be skeptical about the whole situation and kind of the other other label guys. But but I was happy, definitely happy to see him kind of get get his own with with his music. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I mean that was kind of our our nasty bit situation and and similarly, you know, with with all of that when Richie fires Jamie. 
I I thought she was getting fired for good. I know. What'd you guys think? No, I thought it was exactly what he said after, which oh, is nice. just like I said whatever I had to do at this moment. Right. I'm yeah, like, you're fired from the band, not from the label. Yeah, you would yeah. he'd be an idiot to fire the A and R rep that found right. the band. Right, exactly. So I thought that was a good move. She obviously is pissed about that because she set it up. But I'm sorry. I also kind of agree with Richie. And like, maybe right. if Kip were a little more attuned to his feels, yeah, he could just be in a relationship with Jamie because Jamie would probably want that. Yeah, I know. Because if you're going to be like, hey, let's have a three-way, you got to like be okay with it happening. Right. You can't get all yeah. like jealous after. Yeah. Or you just don't say don't do it. Yeah, like, you don't even have to have that many deep feels for somebody. To, like, have a three-way with somebody else that you know to feel a little weird about it. Yeah. Like, that's that's a very common response, or probably a very common response to such a situ- such situation. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? It's okay <laughs> when it's in a three-way. <laughs> it's not gay when it's in a three-way. <laughs> Do you guys know that song? I know that um, song. I feel like I should know it. Lonely Island. Oh, okay. Yes. JT, Lady Gaga. Okay. It's great. Um, yeah, so that's that's kind of where we're we've left off. I mean, and we we have Richie kind of with the whole office like this kind of closes closes things up for us. Um, you know, he's making his grand announcement about Alibi Records. It's kind of the launch the launch party of of the label and saying you know setting it up as like this is this is the label for like you know kids who like y- yeah, yeah the like punk and alternative and like the the misfits almost and like the people who don't feel like they necessarily have a place like this is this is the music for them and this mm-hmm. is what we're going to do kind of like a mishmash of of stuff and then gives everybody a mm. can of spray paint to trash the office so which is i mean earlier in the episode was it the was it the pilot when the building kind of oh, crashes down huh. so we start with that kind of chaos and like yeah. You know the destruction, destruction well, yeah, and end with a similar because that book he ending. that's what he feels like he needs mm-hmm. what, do you mean? what he wants that's what he, that's the place he wants all his art to come from yeah I chaos I also think actually I'm bordering on predictions I'll wait um, Adam in in the chat says that he thought Julie was gonna just write. F this and and storm out. I did too. Yeah. I thought that too, actually. I was I like, oh, this isn't going over well. Richie's like grand scheme of like, let's all be rebellious together. I thought Julie was gonna do that <laughs> and then just peace. Be like, Richie, you're a dumbass. Like, of all people, Julie though. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I thought Julie I know. I thought Julie would stay. Right. I kind of also like this scene was interesting to me because like it was fun and like mm. felt like a symbolic reinvention of the label. Like even the spray paint stuff, I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. But then I was like, they're like destroying documents and like throwing chairs through. And you're like, stop! It's getting so dirty. I was <laughs> like, well, I was just kind of it, like, there has this... to be an element of business practicality here. Right. Like, not considering, or like somebody at their desk, but like that's like a picture of my mom. Can you like leave <laughs> that alone? Exactly. You know. And then I'm thinking afterwards, like, oh, this is a cool idea idea like this is a cool idea and like everyone's gonna get you know there's been a lot of stress and a lot of frustration on every levels there at the company so this is therapeutic and they need this but then I was like uh <laughs> you guys this isn't actually gonna look very good when it's done like can we get actual like maybe a graffiti artist in right. there to do this like and clean it up once you're done because it's just gonna yeah, look like, like you, shit do you not have clients in the morning is right. that the, yeah you must not have clients in the morning right exactly I, I kind of felt like it was that moment when it was like oh the viewer's gonna love this and yeah. it's gonna be so and I felt like a little manipulated maybe like it was a little bit. cheesy or like a little cheesy kind of like the entourage moments when it's like mm-hmm. they got the girl and yep. they had a three way and it's just like feels a little bit like you're but it was it was cool I mean I will say there were moments during that sequence when I was like oh this is kind of bad I thought it would be really funny if that was when Hannibal shows up to be like oh, I think I'm gonna try this agency and again like, oh, yeah. they, someone spray paints him in the I'm face out. Yeah. <laughs> Hannibal out I, I kind of felt like there was like an ulterior motive with Richie and like the bugging going out or something else oh. like there was there'd be another layer or to something it something that if he's gonna share the office space with gold like a big uh-huh. FU then he's gonna of. like we're gonna wreck the whole office Space yeah. in an attempt to maybe get gold out. Yeah, like, I was th- I was thinking because it's Richie, there had to be something more. But then that meant that more euphoric at the end, like hearkening to the pilot. I was right. like, no, maybe this is just his just happy place. There. Yeah. All right. So I think that does it for 
for the finale. Very exciting, awesome show. Let's like real quick jam through a few predictions. Your so, After Buzz TV predictions. We didn't get any Devin in this episode, which no, I'm a no. little annoyed by. I am too. I I think I really I'm holding. It may not be a prediction, but it's a hope, and I want to see them get back together in some way. Like I just I, want. I to want s- the opposite. <sighs> no. I want to see them independent of each other. Also, some news: Terrence Winter is no longer the showrunner yeah, of this show. He left due to creative differences, which mm-hmm. I think is hearkening to what we're all talking about. Yeah. So I think them like literally burning the office to the ground is a bit of an effigy to mm. we're going to get a lot less mob stuff because that's what yeah. Terrence Winter yeah. wants to do. And we're going to get a lot less mob stuff moving forward, a lot more music stuff. So this time next year, we'll be talking about how it was mm. too much music and we want more mob stuff. <laughs> yeah. Bring on Terrence Winter! <laughs> yeah. Well, and also Olivia Wilde is pregnant with her, yes. their second baby, which I found that out today. I think they announced it today. So who Jason knows? Jason Sudeikis, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Nice. So who that. knows if that factors into things at all. But but yeah, I think I mm. think we're going to see a rift with Richie and, Richie and Zach. And Zach. Yeah. That's, I that's hope it's not a permanent thing. Arc. But I, that's going to be a big big thing for sure. I want to see Andrea date. Yeah. Mm. I'd yeah. like to see her eat a man up. <laughs> oh, hey. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I think so. I want to see more of her, I for see more, sure. Honestly, look, she's a character I'd be mo- most excited to see explored a little more deeply. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what else? I mean, I think I think we're going to see a lot more from Clark and from Clark and Jamie, and I think that Jorge's going to kind of come into the picture mm. a little bit. I wish we would have gotten even more CC. I felt like we threw CC in there just as a salt and pepper thing, but never got any real in this episode. Mm. So I'd like, like, she's pregnant with Hannibal's kid still, right? I think she had the A word. Maybe. Maybe. I, I, it rhymes with Smith Morshin. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> it was that a, one? Richie, Richie paid, yeah. her, paid her off for it, but we, well, that's not a prediction. And that I think happens. we're going to probably see a lot more with hip hop. Coming into yeah. the yes. next two, because this, I mean, and that's kind of going at the same. Yeah, hip hop and dance. So I did love that Indigo song, mm-hmm. "Kill the Lights." That's pretty hot. Yeah, pretty hot. Alrighty, I think I think we're out of time. Yes. All y'all in the chat, thank you guys so much for tuning in, watching with us, talking. You guys are talking up a storm in there. We love it. And once again, I'm Lauren Salon. You can find me everywhere on social media at Lauren Salon, especially Snapchat. Twitter, hmm. Instagram, and I also do a few other after shows here. Which ones do I do on Thursdays, Law & Order Special Victims Unit, and also on Thursdays, The Catch. So find me there. Follow along on Twitter and Snapchat to know exactly what All else is happening. Things. All right, see ya. Okay, go. You guys can find me on Twitter almost exclusively at Steve Kaufman. That is K-A-U-F-M-A-N-N. I have a busy night tonight. Starting just now, I'm going to be live tweeting Raw until about 6 p.m., at which point I'll be watching Gotham, and then at 7 p.m. I'll be doing Gotham and then I'll probably pass out. Hmm. Guys, thanks so much for tuning in today and all season. It's been really fun. And Layla, we miss you today. Yes. Uh, but thanks for sticking with us during the panel. Yeah. You guys can find me on Twitter at Jeffrey C. Graham and Instagram at Jeffrey Crane Graham. A little bit of quick shameless self-promotion. I'm releasing a comedy rap <laughs> album in two weeks. And I'd love... What? And videos. Yes. Yeah, there are music videos as well. So, awesome. Yeah, stay tuned. All right, thanks, guys. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz, Buzz you later. later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 